and welcome back to the Angel Investors Access Show. On this series, we talk to startups, angel investors, VC firms, mentors, coaches, and stakeholders that play a part in the Australian entrepreneurial ecosystem. Proudly brought to you by C2 Angels, helping build a community of like-minded, aspiring angel investors right across Australia and beyond. Have you booked your angel opportunity investment discovery session yet? If not, what are you waiting for? Become an angel investor today and visit c2angels.com. And now let's head to the next episode and join me with our special guest. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Angel Investors Access with your host, Brandon Burns from c2angels.com. Now, I'm excited and a little jealous for today's guest because he's joining me from the North Shores of Sydney. He's not locked down. He's enjoying the sunshine. He's Angel Investor Founder and the Chief Operating Officer at Anosi Australia. It's Bill Barden. How are you? Uh, very good. Thank you, Ben. Now, we've been having a great chat off air, mate, so I can't wait to share uh, all these gems and nuggets with our audience that's uh, either driving or on the treadmill. Um, one thing we love to do at the start of the show is really paint people a, a bit of a deeper picture of you. And I'd love to get an understanding of what is a typical day in the life of Bill Barden look like? <laughs> uh, well, at the moment, it's all about it. Now, see, when you're caught up in a startup, uh, you are pretty well thinking, you know, living and breathing the, the startup. So that's a little bit different from the investing side, which, you know, two years ago, three years ago was probably the major focus. Yeah. Um, so at the moment you're involved in the startup and everything you think about and do, you go, okay, how do I do uh, this or what bottleneck is there I'm trying to get over today? Um, but having said that, still got some interesting investments on the side and they, you know, you, you, you're looking at those and going, is there much I can do with them? Um, so, you know, probably every, every day I'm looking at, you know, different investment, um, trying to limit how much time. You, you, you spend on them, um, but the rest of the time, yeah, it's all startup land, it's all an OC, it's all how can we make this work? Um, who, getting out there, we're just about to start the selling side of it, so that's why the focus is on that, and I can really get in there. And you know, it's been a tech build to date, and so now it's just sales, you know, sales, 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 yeah, growth and customer success. Yeah, Love exactly. it. Yeah. Um, what's been that one key productivity hack that you've introduced to your day recently? That's giving you an additional five ten percent efficiency. Oh, from a you know, efficiency point of view, uh, is something that I probably gave to my my, my some sort of advice. Uh, the you know probably a month ago of all things, he kept saying I have to do this, or I have to do that, or I need to. I just said, you know what? Stop saying that. You're just going to stress yourself out. Change it to I want. I want to do that. And you'll find a change in your mindset. And I think that's helped me a fair bit too. You know, I'm using him as a testing case of all this stuff. And um, I think that does help. Uh, I think when you say, I want to actually do something, uh, rather than saying, I need to. No, I really want to go do this. And that gets you motivated in the morning. That gets you up to, yep, I, I want to go do this. I want to be up in the morning. Uh, there's, you know, 10 things I've got to do, you know, but I actually want to get them done, you know, and that's, that's a good thing. It makes you happier. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She's more productive. So there's a, there's a to-do list of what I want. So I love that. Yeah. Mate, I'd love, I'd love for you to share with me in the audience. Give me that, um, you know, that summary and overview of Anosium, the problem it's solving and why it's just such a compelling thing to, to get involved in. 
Um, yeah, no, this is a really interesting one. As I was saying to you off air before, I, I, when you look at these things, you, you go, okay, yeah, it's a great idea. I was only ever helping them out originally. Um, and what they're solving is really, you know, when you took a cl climate change, how can you take direct action? And it's very hard for most individuals and to, to some degree, medium-sized business and corporates to take that direct action. So, you know, this notion of peer-to-peer -peer was there that you could share rooftop, but there was never any money in sharing roof, rooftop. You know, they get feed-in tariffs. The, you know, most of the charges on electricity is uh, coming from the utilities, the transmission and stuff like that. So the energy component isn't the bigger cost. So you go, okay, so what's within this? And I never gave it much attention until I realised you could actually cut out the middleman to a large extent, the retailer, and you can deal directly with a wind farm or with a solar farm. And yeah. to me, that's got huge benefits um, that you can go in and go, you know, I don't know whether people remember Aussie Farmers Direct. Now they did get broke, so it's not here. But that concept of direct from the farm was fantastic. They had distribution problems, whereas we don't have any of that. We're, we're directly over the transmission and everything else is all in line, so you don't need it. So I think that's what attracted it to me was that notion that we can do solar farm direct, can do wind farm direct. And then Steve Hoy, who's uh, my CEO, who, you know, funny enough, lives down the road and we, you know, the way he got introduced to it was by a Christmas party here in the street on the Northern Beaches. Um, but he's the one that said, people will get involved in this for other reasons other than energy. And it was that network effect, you know, so we're dealing with what, eight of the top 20 ASX listed companies on staff schemes, on customer schemes, where they're going, it's not just about energy for them, it's scope one, two, and three admissions and reporting and all of that, but they want to get behind an energy scheme um, and they're working out how to do it. So it's, a, it's that notion here that it's not just for the retailers, energy retailers anymore, you're opening up the whole, you know, whole corporate base. So CNI clients, we've got two deals at the moment with, uh, you know, with, with some corporates, medium size, 400, 500 employees. Um, they've got one of them's got solar in their roof. They're just going to share that solar with the people on the roof. I just look at that going, wow, they're going to be subsidizing in effect, uh, their staff to get cheaper energy. We got another group, uh, one of the up and cunning unicorn, unicorns, you know, that everybody would know. Um, won't mention because it's not signed just yet, but uh, they're even looking at subsidising their work from home people, and most of the people are working from home through an energy scheme. I just think like that are fantastic, you know. So it helps them; they get to these wonderful benefits of saying uh, we're, you know, going to clean energy, and we're directly matching clean energy. We're not worried about the LGCs or the greenwashing. We're just saying every half hour we can trace your energy. And by tracing your energy, you know, you're turning to people and saying, we don't want coal. We don't want the fossil fuel fools to be involved. But we're being more realistic, we think, anybody and saying, well, you're going to need them for the time being because we can match with wind and solar 70%, but the rest 30% of the time it is coming from them. And not until you get battery or you get this, this and that, can you, you know, get to actually 100%. Don't go greenwashing. So saying that I've bought these certificates, but in the middle of the night, you're actually using fossil fuels. Let's, let's be real about what energy you're using at the time. So that was the attraction. Um, that was where it kind of hit off from there. And yeah, we're going great guns, just really getting going at the moment. Mate, I love it. So it's kind of like the, 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 the awesome... Um dual role you know you're the founder you're also an angel investor and with that you bring a wealth of experience but also the ability to really 
be honest with yourself and the business and have those tough conversations because you know exactly what not just a, a funding partner is going to be looking for, but what's going to make you investable always and, and put, put first the things that are going to really drive growth in the business. Equally, it's a lot to juggle, you know, and, and it wouldn't have been done without great help. Talk to me about the team you've assembled and those first critical hires that have been so crucial in making this a really dynamic operation. Yeah, well, I wouldn't actually say I've hired them. Uh, Steve's done most of that. Uh, um, but we've just fallen into, again, it's it's one of those ones where there is a great network of people out there who can help you employ people and get the right people. And I think the next stage of our growth will probably call upon that. Um, but Steve, I met at a Christmas party, so I managed to get the CEO purely by, you know, he happened to be ex-AGL, uh, ex, sorry, um, IBM and you know, global leader for doing this sort of stuff, tech, tech, tech de development for smart cities. Yep. And Christmas party, I'm talking away about blockchain, about this, this and that, and you know, about asking a next door neighbour where they'd share their solar. And he comes across and say, no, that's a total waste of time. Um, there's no money in it. You wouldn't build a business. And we went from there. Um, you know, two weeks later, four weeks later, he's resigned from IBM and he's really, he, he's the leader. He He's the one that's behind all the brains behind what we're doing with the NOSI. I was only there as the sidekick um, helping out and wanting to do the sales because I think, you know, from a sales perspective, this is going to be really good sell to get out in the marketplace. Um, but it's him who's driving it. He picked up a CTO from an ex-colleague. A lot of it is people you've worked with to a large extent. So he picked up a CTO, C CDO from a ex Osgrid person. You know, they're all energy experts. You know, Steve's built a couple of platforms before, you know, himself. So got a really good CTO in Joel. Um, and then a couple of people we picked up on the way have just been so passionate when they've heard about an OC that they've come along and joined. And, you know, we brought them along and said, yep, you know, you, know, you obviously love what we're doing um, and they've got involved and all, we're all invested. So not only that, we're bootstrapped with them. We've come along, uh, we've invested together. We all believe in it wholeheartedly. Um, it's a bit different path we're taking. We're very much more bootstrapping until we get to a traction level that we think we can go out. We've gone out a few times with a false start, but when you're building a platform and it's not quite ready, people don't necessarily believe that you're going to get these sales. So you've got to build the platform, finish the platform. We had an MVP and all that sort of stuff, but really we had to redo our whole platform, get it going. And we're probably been going, what, four, eight weeks with the platform complete and we're overrun with interest. So we know that it's coming, but we won't go out funding until we've closed, you know, you know another three months, six months when we actually close, show we've got traction, show we've got blue chip clients, show we've got direct clients, show we've got the SMEs. So all the different sales verticals and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, we've got pretty good team. Paul Howdle, who uh, is one of our investors, is one of the best salespersons I've met. He actually runs sales teams, uh, you know, helping companies run sales teams sort of stuff. And he's applied himself to a nosy and he's, he's been fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, mm. Mate, in your role as angel investor, I have to ask, how have you gotten better at sharpening the saw and refining your ability to get to a yes or a no as efficiently and sort of quickly as possible so that it doesn't just completely absorb your time and, um, but also to give yourself an opportunity to not miss out on the best opportunity. 
Like, how have you gotten better at saying no positively and, and getting to a yes? Yeah, I think you get it gets really hard, and you can see why when you send emails out as a you know as a founder sending emails out to people saying you know would you invest and you get no response because you get so many you you just get so many inquiries and this this and that and most of them just don't even interest you they're not you know I'm very specific fintech and clean tech you know they're the two things that I kind of look at and preferably software plays of some sort because hardware you know in two hardware ones and i've just gone oh, i don't think i'll do hardware again you know because to uh to scale up on hardware you know with an engineering feat it's very hard yes. so by by the very definition of what i'm looking at i rule out a lot in the end because i'm sticking with my knitting i know fintech bank at 20 25 years i understand it uh so it's fairly easy is that a good idea or not um you know i've looked at quite a few uh, as I was saying, I'm in um, Czech, which is rebranding to before pay. And that there, yep, he had a good idea. I didn't really like this payday lending sort of area, but he had a different take on it. Um, he happened to work in Stone and Chalk where we're based with us. So I was meeting him around and he's a very flamboyant type of person. I actually got to like him first. Uh, and then when he was doing the next round, I thought, look, I'll, I'll look into this a little bit more. And the more you looked into it, you thought it's pretty good. But then what I do is I actually handed the tech over and I handed the tech over within release. Uh, I got Nick, uh, who is brilliant at the tech side. So I got him to look at the tech. Um, and I think that helps. And that's where, you know, uh, you know, we're talking before about having a fund manager or having somebody else look at the investment first. So I liked the investment, ticked all my boxes. Now, what's the tech like? When you're doing tech stuff, is this five, 10 years being built for the next five, 10 years? Um, and I can tell you from a nosy, we went start off with blockchain using R3 quarter. Sounded brilliant because R3 quarter is the bank's own blockchain. But guess what? It's not scalable. It was costing us more money to bring customers on than we could ever make out of the customers, just the nature of the blockchain and stuff like that. Now, we were told differently that you'd be able to get economies of scale, but it just wasn't going to work. And so... You know, you've, you've got to have somebody who really knows how to get in there and understand that tech side. Not yourself. You know, you like the concept, like the people. I think there's a great market for it. You know, I think we're all capable of doing that sort of analysis. Uh, but handing off the tech or handing off, you know, it's, you know, there's just a lot of things that may make it fall over that sometimes you need that outside expert help to just go, yep, here. But I quite enjoy looking at them to begin with going, oh, no. Too hard, too hard basket, too hard, too hard. Um, and who knows, you know, I, I think I've missed a, missed a couple where I've just gone, oh, I'm not too sure. And they've gone fantastic, you know, but just the way it goes. Yeah. Um, it's a really good point you make. I'm, I'm keen to understand from you. Um, you've obviously had experience in multiple verticals. And uh, so that means obviously that it appears you're not just stuck in one. Um, a lot of our guests and angel investors talk about only getting involved in, in, in what they know, you know, so sticking to their, their knitting, like you said. So how do you um, not miss out on an opportunity that, like we talked off air, you had a really good opportunity and someone shared something with you in the cybersecurity space. And I remember you talking to me about how you went through a process, didn't take that long, but it got you to a point personally where you felt confident and comfortable that you if you wanted to make a move, you could talk. Yeah, yeah. so that one was introduced. So somebody had already looked at it and said, I think these guys have got something. 
do you want to take a look with me? And that's a big deal. When somebody says, take a look with me, I quite like that. Yeah? Not that they're just trying to sell me. They're trying to say, I'll look at the tech side. Bill, you look at the commerciality and the people and a few other things like that, the financial structure and what else have you. Um, and so that's why that cybersecurity one, uh, Prevazio, it's called now, they're, they're doing container securities. I didn't even know what a container was. So this is Docker Hub and all that sort of stuff. I didn't even, what's Docker Hub? Sorry, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> what's a container? I, I didn't really have much of an idea. You, you know what they are when I say that, but what actually does it, you know, what does it actually do uh, overall and what's it mean? Um, but once you start looking into it a little bit, you go, yeah, well, actually, you know, what competitors are out there? It's easy to do analysis once you know what you're trying to do analysis on. Um, so I did a little bit more analysis. I saw there wasn't huge. It's handy that you know I can ring up a few people and say, you know, what do you think of this idea? You know, they happen to be either at banks or at somewhere, you know, and they go, oh, it sounds okay. Or you know, even when they say no, you go, well, they're probably never going to say yes to anything, but at least I've got somebody else's opinion. Um, so that's how the cybersecurity one came off. Check, as I said, I actually they were in um, stone and chalk with us and just got to know the guy a bit more. Um, the, the others, uh, I think somebody's usually bought, has bought them to me and then I've done it. You know, probably the best one I've had is New Zealand, uh, one in New Zealand, um, where they bought us to become a debt investor to begin with. And I like that they were dealing with McDonald's. So it's, um, they've just got some nice ones. So this is tech, this is ones outside my FinTech and stuff like that. The reason I'm saying these ones is it just looked as if they had something. It was low vowel, looked good. McDonald's was already dealing with them. And I've just thought, oh, actually, I'm going to be the only debt level person. So that's where your debt hat comes on. That's where you go, I'm going to do a convertible note, be senior to everybody else, uh, help structure the note so that, you know, at least I was being looked after from the investor point of view. But this could go, and it did end up going gangbusters. It did go really well. Um, but it's all because I think the guy's brother-in-law or something like that happened to know this New Zealand company um, who was, you know, going quite well and they're listed now and everything else like that. So again, a third person, having somebody else bring the deal to you. I think that's, that's where those ones, um, you know, I do get a few myself, as I said, but um, it's, you don't have much time, you know, so you tend to say no a lot more. Eleanor one we talked about before, that was an ag tech one. They're um, trying to tell if the cows are pregnant or not by breath testing. Can you believe you can breath test cows to um, tell if they're pregnant or not? And it just it just sounded interesting because you could you know see how you could use it for other areas. But I didn't don't didn't have enough time to do DD on it in the end. Um, so that was only a month before. That, that's in the listen to the podcast the lady gave or the talk she was really good you know they know their stuff they're farmers they're you know they know it and the connection was my sister my brother-in-law is a dairy farmer so he said yeah that sounds really interesting would use it so that's that, that's how personal these things are it was only because my brother-in-law's a farmer that I took a really serious look at this one um, and I just ran out of time by the time they wanted money and stuff like that because you know I've got a nosy and I'm busy <laughs> you know so i'm doing all these things on the side so i end up missing that one um and also as the tech and i think why i didn't just go yeah i'll do it is there was a, there was a tech build back to that hardware versus software 
you know, software, I think we can get solved. Software issues, you kind of know whether you can solve them and you can get really good engineers. Tech, uh, I mean, uh, ultra clean fuels at the moment, which takes sulfur out. And six years ago, seven years ago, I invested in this. They're only just getting now to um, a commercial stage. You know, the, the filters weren't working properly. This there, There's a list of 50 engineering feats, which you know, they had to get through. Um, and so that's why I'm a bit nervous of engineering. I'd like to see them a bit more progress now for the tech. This is um, hardware, not software. I'd like to see them a little bit. That's personal again, only because, you know, I went into, you know, probably two things which involve that and they've all been delayed. And, you know, you hear, you know, I, I really like some of the clean tech that's coming in that hardware, but they've got a long way to go. You know, some, some of the clean tech stuff you're seeing, some of the hardware, the wave stuff, the tidal stuff, uh, brilliant hydrogen batteries that looking at and seeing, um, potentially fantastic, but they're quite a few more years away, you know, overall. And I do think they'll take a lot more funding. And so as an angel investor, I actually want to know the next round is going to be get. And FinTech, you know, if they're staying succeed, you know, with FinTech, they're going to get there. With software businesses, you know, if they're getting some traction, they'll get taken up. So there's probably that financial bias in the back of my head that says uh, this is probably the quicker route to you know, get success uh, in a shorter period of time. You know, I think everybody's probably trying to jump on the next afterpay. Everybody's trying to look, you know, they're looking at looking at a few other ones out there. The neobanks, I've actually avoided the neobanks because the amount of capital uh, they require and I just disagree. You need to be a bank to do a fintech. Um, I think leave the ADI out of it. Let the you know that's just your deposit, and everything that comes with that deposit is extremely compliance heavy um, and stuff like that. So I've avoided uh, them. That makes it easier um, when you go. I want you know worry about the the banks, the neos. Um, yeah, they they need bucket loads of capital. Um, and so I just think, yeah, you're going in with your 50 grand or 100 grand, you're going to get diluted to the max. You know? <laughs> you're not going to get much of that company. Whereas you go in something that's worth a million bucks today or $5 million, you know, I've got 5% of the company at the moment and you'll get diluted to 2%, whatever, 3%, but I'm hoping this is going to be worth, you know, a hundred million, 150, 200. And you get a little bit more say, you get to know the founders a bit more at that level and you can enjoy the journey. You know, it's, you know, all of the ones that I'm in, uh, at the moment, I'm actually enjoying the journey. You know, I talk to the guys a fair bit, you know, and, and they're to help out if they need anything. Um, you know, not that they, you know, they don't necessarily need a banker. I think too many bankers get involved a lot of the times. Um, you know, I don't know. It's more the sales that I like helping on. I can help with term sheets. I can help with all of that. But from a business point of view, you know, you're, you're helping, hoping these guys are smart enough to work out what their selling strategy should be and a few things like that. Because um, that's where a lot of them do fall over is commercialization and their actual sales. You know, that's just the way it is. But yeah. Phil, random question. You mentioned podcast before. What's Phil Barden, the founder and angel investor, currently listening to and currently reading? Uh Funny enough, I don't read too many uh, novels because when I do get them, I can't put them down. So 
I read novels rather than biographies and stuff like that. Um, you know, I do it for escapism more than anything else. Podcup, Wild Hearts, uh, some of the Blackbirds, um, some of Innovation Bay and, and quite a few of them are, are fantastic if you're an angel investor and they're always recommending books and recommending things to, to look at. You just get on them. Um, Airtree is doing a wonderful angel investor thing at the moment to, to, to do stuff. So I listen in on all of them. And it's good to be in the ecosystem. I really like just being part of that angel ecosystem, the founder ecosystem, because um, it's not huge. Um, you, know, you, you kind of know. You, you, you said, Melly, oh, Melly, oh, yeah, Canva, uh, you know, right. You, you kind of know all these people through their no, just their names i don't know too many personally i know a handful but not many but yeah that's you know it's a pretty small community uh of people out there who are going extremely well and most of them are super nice most of them are pretty good down-to-earth per- people as i said uh you know most of them got quite good social you know conscience about them um yeah it, it's quite good yeah mate you're you're a busy guy um i'm keen to understand Give us a maybe. Let, let's wrap this one up by giving me an insight into the the personal life and how you structure your family and your time and your balance um, to really get to that peak kind of um, dynamic. <laughs> no, I don't know if you ever get that right. Uh, you got to have a supporting family, um, but uh, you know, my, my wife Robin's hundred percent. You know, we invest together. You know, so I always run most stuff by her. That's that's the first thing. Um, you know, we looked at one, which was a drink, you know, which I just happened to go to some uh, 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 conference for, you know, startups. And there was this little drink they were handing out, but they said something about uh, swish in your mouth. And I thought this is a great idea. And it was done by an ex-dentist. I bought it home and she just absolutely parpooed it um, on the basis that who's going to drink something they've just swished in their mouth because it's meant to be good for your teeth and stuff like that. Yeah. So that pulled the pin on that one. I thought, yeah, actually, you're right. Um, and I did say it to the people. I said, oh, look, uh, you know, I think you've got your marketing cut out for you if you're concentrating on squishing something like a mouthwash and drinking it. But it was meant to be a, a drink that you drink. Um, and so, you know, I was all keen. And she puppeted that one. And it, it, just some practical sides like that. So that's supporting the angel investing. And we always work together on looking at that. Um, but from a family, you're a bit older, you know, I'm 50 plus now. And so I get up in the morning anyway, I'd surf a bit or sup a bit, walk the dogs. That's that podcast time when you're walking the dogs, you can listen to stuff, you know, you, you've got your, you know, listening to something out there, um, keeping good balance. I've got a fair bit to do with the AFL up here, the women's AFL. So I coach a team during the season there and, you know, that's the downtime. Um, but this working from home, I've been doing that probably for seven, eight years now and, it's about getting into good routines, good habits. So they often talk about not seeing goals, setting habits. Um, and that's probably the main one is, you know, even if you're working from home, don't just lounge around, oh, you know, with Netflix and all those sorts of stuff, it's so easy to get caught up. And when I'm going to the city, sometimes I'd watch a Netflix or I'd watch something like that. And, you know, then you get home and then you want to get the next episode. It, it just kills you, you know, it's just, oh, here. Yeah. So, you know, you none of that during the day, keep all that sort of stuff away. It's just, again, escapism. Um, but yeah. just what you do, I think, is the ultimate answer to that is, and I love what I do. You know, Nancy's going great, loving it. Uh, you know, we're just on the cusp, though. It's a really interesting journey. A couple of investments are coming up. I've got a fintech thing that I'll look at, at uh, you know, down the track that uh, 
I'll, I'll spin out into that at some stage in the next five years, you know, because that's what I know uh, and understand. But in the interim, we'll just go all out on the NOSI and hopefully, you know, that's, uh, that's a great one. Yeah, and it's clean energy. I mean, what could be better with everything that's happening today? Yeah, that's yeah, good. Mate, you've been incredibly generous. I'm just letting our listener and viewers know that I will hold Bill to do a part two because we've just scratched the surface. But maybe what I'll say, Bill, is share with me that one key thing that we can leave the audience today to really drive collaborating with, shining a light, raising awareness to someone, one key thing in your your universe right now that we can all um, go and check out and do? Uh, I think, I mean, let's stick with angel investing and because, I, I mean, that's your, your focus. I want to talk about, you know, social enterprise or anything else like that for the time being, which I think people should be involved in. I'm, I, I am a believer in community and the local economy. I, I think the local economy is fantastic. And, you know, Small is Beautiful, if you ever read that by Schumacher. Um, wonderful book on keeping things local. But from an angel investing, it, it's great fun. You know, it, it's fantastic. You know, and we're talking 50, 100 grand. Yeah, you can go down to 10 in some of these other ones. Uh, so they're, they're actually opening it up a fair bit more. The ASIC benefits, yeah, tax benefits are quite good. I, I can't see too many other investments which are going to pay off. You know, what would you go into the stock market today? Yeah, you would have done well out going out of a fintech that's listed. And there's a few things that's listed, but... God, you know, markets could crap out tomorrow like anything else. Um, it's really hard to find good investments. And I just think startups are wonderful. They're, you know, but you, you're doing something you want to enjoy. You know, that's probably the one thing I, I'll drive back down to is you want to do it, you enjoy doing it, um, and uh, hopefully you get a few winners. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like putting it in the gambling context, you know, because I think it's, this isn't like going to horse races. This is, uh, you know, and I've owned a lot of horses in the past life. Uh, it's totally, you You do the work. You, you've you got that decision on whether, you know, do you think this is a good product that they're going to have? Are these the right people? Um, some things you don't have the answer to, just ask, go get help. You know, look at, you know, as I, uh, what's your group again, Brandon? What's your group put? Two angels. Two, yeah, so mate, reach out and ask questions, get involved. People are pretty good with their time. You know, I, I love this stuff. This is good. Yeah, do a podcast, talk about yourself, talk about what you're <laughs> doing, nothing. <laughs> what, what can be wrong with that? Uh, but people are generous with their time. You know, ask questions. Uh, oh, what do you think of this? Um, don't know enough, sorry. I mean, that's probably the worst case. Well, I don't have time. Okay, well, that's, yeah, they're not being rude. No, not too many people will be rude straight up to you. They'll just go, oh, sorry, I don't have time. Um, yeah, yeah, I found you, and for those listening, I found Bill on LinkedIn. So, I mean, for those listening, you've probably heard that he's relatively time poor and, and pretty deep into an OC, but you know, couldn't recommend it more. It sounds like you're pretty active and open on LinkedIn, so hitting uh, you know, LinkedIn's a funny one because I, uh, I just accept no matter what, and I always go back <laughs> with those questions with not for me, thank you, only because LinkedIn's a huge network that. Yeah, I don't know enough about social trolling or any crap like that, okay? But I do know that if I want to get an article out, well, I've got, you know, 5,000, 6,000 people who, you know, maybe a couple of them that might be interested in an article on a nosy. So I'll use it on that basis there. I don't mind LinkedIn. But if somebody does send you a question and stuff, it's not, it takes you two seconds to answer and say, no, I've got no interest in your marketing materials, your expertise in 
guerrilla marketing, your expertise in outsourcing, you, know, you get tons of that crap. Um, but occasionally you do get people like yourself who are doing stuff in Angel Network, um, people who do have good stuff. You know, it's occasionally, but if you just say no altogether, you, you're not going to get any anything back. You're not going to find, uh, you know, LinkedIn is actually quite good for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, anybody can hit us up with LinkedIn, I don't mind. I'll accept. Can't say I'll do anything with you, but, yeah, I'll definitely accept it. And then you get into the network, though. So that then gives you ability, you know, I've got 5,500, lots of VCs out there and whatever else have you, which you're now connected to them. And if you've got a great product, you know, you soon learn. You've got to learn how to approach and how to write those emails. Um, there's one coming up about drafting an email. There's a call, uh, drafting an email as a founder. To, a, to an investor and stuff like that. And that, that, that would be quite interesting. Now, I'm more personal. I, you know, I'd, I'd like to be a bit more personal in everything I do, but, um, you know, hitting the right spots for the VCs when they've got, they get 100 of these a day. Uh, so how do you make sure yours gets looked at? Yeah, yeah stuff like that. Mm. Excellent, mate. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks most importantly overall for your precious time. And I really hope that for aspiring angels listening to the show, you've obviously heard now from someone who's lived it and done it, that it can be fun. It's accessible and you really can make some amazing relationships on the journey and have an impact. So yeah, I appreciate your time, Bill, for coming on our show and can't wait to do part two. All the best. And that's all we have time for today on the Angel Investors Access Show, your series with Brandon Burns from C2 Angels. If you're thinking about becoming an angel investor and you don't know where to start, then you know exactly where to head, c2angels.com, and book your angel investment opportunity discovery session now. Until next time, I'm Brandon Burns, and I'll catch you later.